Welcome back, my friends, to the show that did kind of end for a little while. Uh, but we are back now. We are going to be back once a month, every month, for at least the next year. I am so excited to share our next new episode with you. But first, just a little housekeeping. To start, thank you to everyone who supports the show via Patreon, including Nicholas, Vitali, and Haye. In case you missed it, we've made some changes to our Patreon. You can learn more about those changes at patreon.com slash onceinfuturenerd. If you don't yet support us, please check it out and consider joining in the wonderful folks who help make this show possible. If you already do support us, make sure you are aware of how the Patreon changes affect your pledge and what you need to do to get your rewards. There's more information directly on the Patreon page. Um, For those of you who aren't in a position to pledge, we totally understand and we appreciate your listenership and support nonetheless. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Uh, Personally, I've struggled with anxiety for most of my adult life, and I can't say that a global pandemic has made it much easier. Um, And honestly, even when I'm feeling okay, it's great to have a professional listen to me and validate my feelings and give me some perspective on my patterns. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You will be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional therapy done securely online. There is a broad range of expertise available in the world, which might not be available locally in your area through offline therapy. But BetterHelp is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. You can visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. I've got a few here. One person says their BetterHelp therapist helps me get to the true root of my problems, taking things a few steps deeper than previous therapy work. I'm confident the results will be long-lasting. Another says their therapist has provided me the tools and skills to heal, learn, and process all that I encounter. I'm so thankful. Visit BetterHelp.com slash T-O-A-F-N, that's better, H-E-L-P, and join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. And we've got a special offer for Once in Future Nerd listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash T-O-A-F-N, that's better, H-E-L-P dot com slash T-O-A-F-N. One more thing before we get into the episode, because it would be weird not to mention it. Um, You're going to notice that Nia sounds different starting this chapter. Rhiannon and Zach and I talked about it, and we all agreed that the character would be better served, the show would be better served, and it would be more consistent with our values if Nia were played by a black woman. So... I hope you will help me in making Regina Renee Russell feel welcome as the new voice of Nia. Um, I've had the privilege of recording two chapters with Regina now. Um, She's absolutely brilliant. I'm so glad she chose to join our cast, and I think you will be too. But if you're as huge a fan of Rhiannon Angel as I am, 
Don't worry, Rhiannon will very much still be a part of the show, continuing to play Eulidic and also taking on the roles of several very interesting characters you haven't met yet. Okay, that's all the housekeeping. Um, check the content notes on this episode. There are a few, and otherwise, we hope you enjoy it. The Once and Future Nerd Book 2 Myth Made Flesh Chapter 7 What's Close to You Part 1 by Christian T. Kelly Madeira Previously on The Once and Future Nerd... Well, you all know my thoughts regarding recaps, but needs must, I suppose. Once upon a time, three children from Pennsylvania got magically transported to the world of Jordan, where... What's that? You don't need that much of a recap? Okay, fine then. You will recall, our group of heroes had found themselves on the run from the elf general Relotite, in search of allies, or in the absence thereof, in search of cash with which to purchase allies. To the dismay of our party, Relotite had captured Nia's parents, and was using them to blackmail Nia into revealing Regan's location. Nia saw this threat as an opportunity, and plotted an elaborate heist at the annual horse fair. If all went according to her plan, this heist would rescue Nia's parents, liberate a large pile of gold, and eliminate the threat of Relotit all in one fell swoop. And of course, in all well-crafted stories, everything always goes according to the protagonist's plan, yes? Let's rejoin the tale now to confirm. The net should be coming back up any minute. As I said... When last we left Brennan, Regan, and Jen... They were waiting for the ingenious machine which Jen had devised to return, so that they could be safely lowered from the cliff to the beach below. But you'll also recall the carnage left in the wake of a skirmish between elves and Armstrongard gangsters. In case you don't, I can assure you that Regan was very keenly aware of it. She held one fist at her side and the other in its makeshift sling, but both clenched into knots as she looked upon the corpses, some of them children. Is Relotite dead? What? I I don't know. She's down for now. That's what matters, right? Well, did you hit her with enough to kill her? It's not exact like that. But you gave her everything you had. I gave her a lot, but there were people over there. Hey, we gotta go. You go. What? Your grace? Send that net back up one more time. I'll meet you on the ship. What the hell are you talking about? I'm finishing this fight. Gonna make God's damn sure she's dead. Plus, her armor will make us too rich for all the piss-pants sellswords to turn down. We won. Just stick to the plan. I'm always sticking to my plan. Wait, Regan! Your grace! God damn it! What now? You should ride the net down. Send Yellowin back up. <laughs> Fuck it. Jen! Where are you going, goddammit? Yellowing! We need help! Brennan looked around him for something heavy with which to send the net back down. He saw a marble pillar 
which adorned the winner's circle. Ah. Push it as far as you can into the cove. We'll catch up with you. Is everything all right? Get as far as you can. Don't wait to board the ship if you can make it there. And thus Yellowin returned to the base of the cliff and looked up at it. He saw the net laden with a marble pillar returning to the ground. Damn it. <sighs> but of course it is much easier to knock a standing pillar off its balance than it is to lift it out of sand. Sir Brennan! Blast it all. He grabbed one of the two ropes connecting the net to the sandbags. He unsheathed his hunting knife and cut the rope. The fog was beginning to clear and the dust was beginning to settle near the demolished seating area as Regan stalked through it, crossbow in hand. And as the sun began to pierce the thick man-made clouds, an opalescent glint caught her eye. Now this next series of events unfolded extraordinarily quickly, so pray permit me to explain it to you instant by instant. Relotit lay prone, bloodied and burned, but with eyes open and crossbow at the ready. But I imagine it will please you to know that, through tremendous skill and a little bit of luck, Regan managed to spot the elf a split second before she spotted her. Regan whipped her healthy arm up to level her weapon at Re. But as she did, something caught in her shoulder. Something she had noticed once or twice before, but forced herself to ignore. It hurt her, stole her breath for barely a second, and knocked her arm off course, so that when she loosed her bolt, it flew a good foot wide of Relotit. And before Regan could line up and loose again, the elf returned the attack. Acting on pure instinct, Regan raised her injured arm up in front of her face. Now, in a certain sense, it was fortunate for Regan that Relotit was such a skilled shot. Most fighters in her position would have aimed for the trunk of Regan's body and struck her belly or lung or throat, and it would have been her doom. But Re's shot was aimed straight at Regan's eye, and so her injured arm got in the way. Now, of course, in another sense, this was not fortunate for Regan, for the arm, not nearly healed from her last encounter with Relotit, broke again, and this time much less cleanly than the last. <coughs> Regan staggered backwards and lost her footing, and so Ree's next two bolts missed high. The badly burned Relotit struggled uh. to her feet. The instant she was uh. able to stand, she trained her crossbow down at Regan and loosed, and then watched in disbelief as the bolt changed course in mid-air for no discernible reason. It fell harmlessly to the ground a few feet away from Regan. She loosed again, and this time the bolt deflected far left, again for no reason that could be seen. But Relotit, as you know, did not want for cleverness, and quickly made a reasonable guess as to the reason. She aimed upwards into the clearing fog, just in time to see the blonde-haired girl she'd met once before emerging with arms outstretched, Re shot a bolt straight at Jen's eye. And this one slowed mid-flight and then stopped completely 
as though held in place by an unseen hand. As Jen placed herself between Regan and Ree, her face was wrapped with strain and concentration. And so her eyes were not open to see the head of the crossbow bolt glow red, and then orange, and then white. In one sense, of course, it was unfortunate her eyes were closed, as she had no chance of avoiding what happened next. Which is to say the arrowhead shattered into molten fragments, some of which flew straight at Jen. Of course, in another sense, it was fortunate her eyes were closed, for the fragment which struck her eyelid would have otherwise struck her eye. And so, mercifully, Jen's eye did not boil out of its socket. But from that day forward, there was forevermore a small grey moat on the left side of her vision. Needless to say, Jen lost her concentration and her balance. And Relotite aimed to end her life. But as the elf pulled her deadly lever, she was suddenly forced to remember her arithmetic. Redrew her sabre on Jen. But dropped it as an arrow pierced her flank. And she narrowly sidestepped the arc of a throwing axe. At last, keenly aware of her sudden but significant disadvantage, Lord Commander Relotite quickly hobbled away. Who's hurt? She is. She is. Can you walk? Yeah. yeah. Yellowine, uh, 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 you gotta go after... You need a medic. Quickly, Your Grace. Make haste to the cliff. I'll cover your retreat. The return trip to the cliffside took considerably longer than the trip Brennan and Yellowin had just made, as you can no doubt understand. There. What happened to the machine? I had to get back up very quickly. Not to worry. I'll get myself down and tie it back where I cut. Quickly. Go. And there. When Yillowin, calling on all of his grace and speed, returned to the beach, he immediately set to refastening the sandbags to the device above. Right. But when he tested his handiwork, above. several of the sandbags gave way, spilling their now useless contents below them. God damn it, I warned them not to skimp on textiles. What now? What now? Yellowin! Is it nearly ready? I need to get something from the others! What? I won't be two minutes! What did he say? That he needed to get... something. What's wrong with the sandbags? Would that I knew. Maggie? How you holding up? Oh. Hey. Oh. Hey. Oh. Hey, you gotta stay with me. Oh. Um, uh, what did the bartender say when the thief, the elf, and the cleric walk into the bar? I don't know why I thought I'd just come up with a punchline there. Brennan, what's plan B? Um, pardon? If... I know Yulouin's coming back, but if he doesn't come back in time, what do we do? Brennan opened his mouth to speak, but no sound emerged. Jen gave him a look which could only be described as pleading, but he only shook his head apologetically. 
And so the relief was palpable when a tug came on the rope. Halloween! He's back. He's waving to us. <sighs> We're going to climb down and grab the rope. Pass her majesty to me and then grab on yourself. And back down on the beach, Yellowin watched with rapt attention as, high above, his friends took precarious hold of the rope. The cord pulled taut against a large and sturdy chest of oak and iron, which did not budge. I need to remove some weight. Hold fast. Yellowin found a heavy rock on the beach and set to work on the lock. As he scooped armfuls of coins and precious stones and fine tableware out of the chest, it finally began to lift into the air. But as Brennan and Jen waited above with nigh insensate Regan, they began to hear an unmistakable sound. And though Jen had learned to read various emotions into Brennan's usually stoic visage, She'd never before seen him panic up close. Halloween! Gardens, mercy. And so, when Jen's device set them down on the beach below, they were in quite a state of haste. Help me load our spoils back into the chest so that we no can. Time. But her grace said that we need it for the. No time. Grab what you can and run. Nelson, you'll recall, had just had a rather strange experience with the babe entrusted into his care. Right then, lads, set to! Make like you've done this before. Three minutes for the elves are on us like salt on the wind, don't you know? They say someone's hurt. Right then, Froggy. Go and fetch your medicine bag and tell the rowers at the catch. Do they say someone's hurt? As the small rowboat was raised out of the sea, Nelson saw the panicked and haggard state of his friends. Oh shit. Oh shit. What happened? Who can I help? Okie dokie for all aboard, sir. Right then. Tell the rowers, power 30, take us away from this lovely cove. And full sail, fellas, full sail. And Jen, are you here, kiddo? She's hurt. I'm fine. What do you need? A little extra wind would sure go down smooth, don't you know? Right. Jen, her grace still needs purified air. Are you sure you're up to handling both? I got it. Jen faltered on her feet, but Billy was there. Whoa, 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 I got you. Take her somewhere cool and dark. Make sure she rests, especially her eye. I'll begin to see her shortly, and I'll get her grace as much purified air as I can. Yulouine, Sir Brennan, rustle up some dry blankets for Her Majesty. Gwen, Lady Arlene, I'll need your help undressing her. And someone fetch me a board and some bandages for a split. Alf, is there any poppy milk on this boat? 
Some very strong rum will do in a pinch. By the time Nia had finished her work, the sun had nearly consummated its even-tide courtship of the sea. How are your... friends? They live. Thank Galadin. I can't speak as to the one's fencing career. In addition to the broken forearm, I suspect she had a hairline fracture in her upper arm from a prior injury. She either refused to tell us or refused to acknowledge it herself. I suspect that's why she was bested in combat. The younger one still has her sight, though she'll see a little worse. Still, both are lucky. You did a good job, Nia. You really are a fine healer. Thank you. I don't really know where to start. Me neither. Oh, Mom. Me neither. Me neither. It's all right, dear. It's all right. I'm so glad she's safe. <laughs> Mia. Ow! Ow! Good evening. Oh. Pardon me. It's been quite a day. No, 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 no. I understand. Uh... The captain was relieved to hear that none of your party's wounds were fatal, and she sends her best wishes for their speedy recovery. That is kind of her to say. She also demands parlay in her quarters at your earliest convenience. Yes, I expected she might. Mother, if you'll excuse me. Of course. Lead the way. Once and Future Nerd is directed by Christian T. Kelly Madeira. It is created and executive produced by Zach Glass and Christian T. Kelly Madeira, and co-executive produced by Jess Kelly Madeira. The associate producer is Alec Story. It is performed by... Rhiannon Angel. Garrett Arman. Dan Dobransky. Anya Gibeon. Ian Harkins. Shannon Harris. Aaron Lanham. Paul Notice. April Ortiz. Juliet Prather. Frank Quares. Julie Reed. Regina Renee Russell. Gregory M. Schultz. Editing for this episode is by David Devereaux. Foley, sound design, and post-production mixing by Edward Bush. Tom Lee is our musical director and lead composer, with additional scoring by Chris Montalbo. For more, visit onceandfuturenerd.com or find us on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, or Reddit. Hey everyone, if you're enjoying the Once in Future Nerd, you might enjoy this show from our friends. Are you tired of the domestic discussions of the more 
pedestrian podcasts? Looking for a more enlightened way to talk about video games? Then look no further than Left Trigger Right Trigger, the video game book club, where four hosts discuss the more sophisticated issues in games. Topics include body parts, Zelda, The Division, Hyperlight Tokyo Drifter, Good Vibes, Time Machine, Doing the Gab, Biscuit Faces, Being Terrible, Muzapan Sex Dance, The Faces Are Terrible, When the Mouse Is Away, or When the Cat's a Mouse, I Can't Tell White People Apart, My Body Is Going to Dissolve. I'm playing wine. Lagashapon is just a womb. Man, this game's got hot orcs. <clears throat> Left trigger, right trigger. Your video game book club. Wow, that was what? really disappointing.